Well, I understand it's a uh, Wednesday, and usually we do the Kevin Prendeville show, uh, but today I'm actually doing double duty, had some other stuff uh, that I had to attend to. Yesterday, just didn't get around to our financial lesson, uh, so figured I might as well upload both today. Uh, after all, I owe ya. Anyways, um, this one actually came about uh, via a Facebook post. Uh, one of my uh, good friends and really somebody who I look up to in the industry, um, who I've interviewed uh, a number of times. He's in actually interviewed in Smoke and Mirrors, uh, and for my next book that uh, has been delayed but will be upcoming, uh, I interviewed Jerry Feta uh, for, and he's a member of the Forbes Council. He's up uh, in Alaska and the owner of Wealth Dynamics. Uh, well, one of his one of the guys that. Uh, works uh, with him and has built his own uh, clientele in, in, in his own right um, is a guy uh, by the name of uh, Nino, who's also a great guy who I've met, uh, you know, uh, in person uh, a couple times. Uh, just really a great guy and overall great team. And I bring this up because uh, we have the same financial philosophies. And... Uh, especially when it comes to inflation. And, and so Nino posts this uh, great little anecdote, which basically shows over time how much gold or how much uh, gold you can buy with the U.S. dollar. Uh, one ounce, obviously. And uh, in 1933, for $20.67, you could buy an ounce of gold. And uh, with, today in 2020, you could buy that same ounce of gold for $1,770. This isn't to say that, oh, look how much gold is appreciated. It's to say, look how devalued our currency is. And what the next step is, is even worse, because we are in a situation now where our currency is going to be further devalued as the years go on. I mean, think about it. We've got wars we haven't paid for in the Middle East. We've got... Uh, potentially an impending uh, standoff with the Chinese if they continue to be aggressive uh, throughout Hong Kong and uh, the rest of the Asian nations. If they continue to, to battle with the India, you know, we may be called in in that situation. And we should. I'm not saying we should abandon those because just because our currency is devalued, it just that alone guarantees that our currency will be devalued, let alone the stimulus package that we've already uh, sent out during the Obama years, the stimulus package we sent out during the coronavirus, the stimulus package that they're talking about now, and the fact that should we get a Democratic president, we're going to end up with a bunch of new government programs. Mind you, the other programs don't go away. Uh, and to pay for that, we'll have to, what? Raise taxes and devalue the currency. It's the only levers, really, that are being pulled other than bond cuts, uh, bond rate cuts, that the Federal Reserve has. So this is a great post to show us that inflation is so destructive. But when you don't, it, sometimes we money just becomes a number. When you put the visual to it, it's just, it's un, unimaginable, it's unreal. And uh, one final note on the macro side before we get into the, the real personal finance part of this. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, the Zimbabwe fiasco of the late 2000s. 
And apparently we learned nothing from that. Apparently the the Fed wasn't paying attention or fell asleep at the wheel. I'm sorry, uh, Jerome Powell or, uh, you know, the, our, our politicians just refused to learn uh, because, again, the solution when the dictator at the time of Zimbabwe uh, was faced with economic turmoil, of course, if you remember 2008, 2009, Great Recession was a global recession. And in order to fix this, Zimbabwe said, oh, we'll just print money and we'll just keep printing money and we'll keep printing money. And they didn't have a gold standard, obviously, uh, similar to us at the time. They had a fiat currency and it wasn't nearly as strong as the U.S. dollar to begin with. So they keep printing money and printing money. And as their currency gets more and more devalued, they just print larger and larger bills to the point where they had, I think, up to a, a million dollar bill. That's how devalued their currency got. You couldn't, you would. You could burn it because it's paper, but that's about the only value it had. It'd be more valuable burnt than it would be to spend anything. Here's the problem. Not only did we not pay attention and we're falling into the same traps where we just decide, okay, print money, cut bond rates, uh, you know, raise taxes. Those are the three levers that we pull to fix the national debt situation and the government spending problem. All this does is hurt the people who would, who invest without real assets to back it up. All this does is hurt people who don't have a leverageable base to get into those necessary ingredients to stable financial uh, uh, philosophy. Now, the financial, general financial industry and general financial philosophies of our time are not going to help us. Why? Because, well, we push products. And what are those products invested in? Uh, typically the market, the stock market, which, again, we've been sold these ideas, whether it's, it's Hollywood. And again, I'm not alleging a conspiracy, but we've got this perfect storm of Hollywood movies, uh, guru marketing, uh, uh, and, and financial marketing in, in general to where people have this idealized version of the stock market that you can take, uh, you know, 500 bucks and end up with 5 million. And I'm sure that happens for some people. But the fact of the matter is, uh, for most people, they end up really getting screwed in the market. Again, most of these financial products have a fee attached to them. And that 1% fee, as low as it is, compounded over time, the advisor makes much more money than you. You account for the average number of market crashes within the lifetime uh, time of the plan, which is four, and that can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of the time of the plan. It doesn't account for taxation, and it doesn't protect against inflation. Yet, and, and, and to uh, Jerry and, and, and Nino's credit here, both of them have uh, a great response to this. But, you know, you get the other guy who shows up and who's been classically trained and he says, oh, pff, I can make more money than that in the stock market. If you just invest in Amazon, you'll make all this kind of money. For one, Amazon at this point is pretty much a blue chip. You look at their price and yes, I understand it's appreciating. Yes, I understand they'll have more of the market share once we're through this COVID thing. Yes, I understand that for the foreseeable future, Amazon is a 
very stable company, but their get-in price is very high, obviously. So the growth is going to be much slower, even though it's appreciating. At this point, it's pretty much a, a, a blue chip. But the general myth surrounding the stock market is that, again, you can go in with pennies and end up with millions. But the best investors in the stock market are the advisors, and they don't make money with their own money in the market. They make money with other people's money in the market, and they make a fee on it. It's how hedge fund managers make their billions. It's how your average uh, Edward Jones guy makes money. Again, and, and if you work for Edward Jones, good for you. But you make your bread on fees, right? Now, maybe, again, maybe you put yourself in your products. That, that's fine. If that is your financial philosophy. But I don't believe that we are doing our job when we don't educate the American people on all of the different things that are costing them money. Instead, we just focus on the percentage and say, shut up and give me your money and I'll make this percentage go up. Because we're in a situation now where we have to hedge against inflation. It's simply too great of a risk at this point. And you look at it, I would even argue that maybe we should look at even uh, cutting down on how much we're in bonds because the bond rate for the foreseeable future is going to be cut. They're even talking about going negative like they've done in Europe and Japan and, and pretty much everywhere else in the world. Which means the growth in, in the traditionally safe uh, part of the financial plan is going to be minimal at best and probably won't even outpace inflation and therefore precious metals should take a bigger role, maybe even overtake that role, maybe not completely. But to the point where our clients can feel comfortable that they're not getting screwed by the invisible tax. Because it's here. It's here to stay. And if you don't account for it, you're going to be mired and mediocrity. And this, ladies and gentlemen, has been your financial lesson for the day. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your um, willingness to learn. And thank you again for however, wherever you're listening to us, uh, whether it is uh, in your car or uh, at the gym or wherever you are, if they even allow you into the gym anymore. I appreciate your time today. And I hope that I could impart just a little bit of knowledge on you.